0: Paul McLaughlin, McLaughlin at Work, the Work Wonk, your audio guide to the workplace, with a delightful guest today. Uh, pow! Right between the eyes, profiting from the power of surprise. The power of surprise. Andy Nolman, Andy, welcome to McLaughlin at Work. Thank you, Paul. The way you said "pow," I almost thought that was a sound effect. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, I, 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 I am nothing. If not uh, awed by how people desc- how the POW described you and the courage of your of your uh, cover on what is a business book, so we we have the opportunity here on on at work, as I'm sure that uh, you have been told and you've listened a little bit to be able to wander around. So we have the advantage of time. So this is not a soundbite. The only soundbites that can be provided are the ones that you will provide and. As you said, sometimes you talk more quickly than you would like. While we can't slow that down. We certainly can take advantage of what everything that Andy Nolan has to say. Um, you know a what? sound meal. We're having a sound meal, so I'm going to sit back and relax
1: and take this one in course by course. That,
0: exactly right, course by course in Montreal. And you don't sound like a Montrealan. Um, I heard one about.
1: Yeah. Oh um, God, I'm going to get. I'm going to get that today. Am I? No,
0: no, no. <laughs> but but I was looking for it because I didn't know. I didn't recognize the area code. We're we're talking. Newish technology, so the sound is better than it has been on McLaughlin at work, not without some strife. Um, But the the, the way I would like to approach this, I'd like to get a little sense of you, because I don't know you, and I'm embarrassed by that. So what I'd like like to recognize is, A, I don't know you. B, that the book is a business book see that the book has um an imprimatur of people who have said this is a great book to read that's pretty fancy and pretty business you've got a great publisher uh wiley but a josie bass which is a great imprint um and you you are you're you're a a public person who's written a business book the first question i would have is And I'm going to put this in in three phases. So phase one is I'd like to know about you and about this book that you created. Um, Secondly, why is it a business book and uh, and what is there to learn for serious business people? And I've had a number of people who have written business books where the genre doesn't appear to accept what they've written about, but they prove it in the writing. And then lastly, but not least... Um, the book has been written, started in, as you noted, 2006, and the fact of the matter is that um, here on McLaughlin at Work, we know that 2006 was a lot different than it is now, and what is the power of surprise in a depression? So let's go back to Andy Nolman, uh right between the eyes, profiting the power of surprise. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then about the book. All this and more brought to you by Classroom 24-7, here at McLaughlin at Work, your audio guide to the workplace, and Classroom 24-7, bringing you web learning tools, certification, training, and the like. Give them a check out, Classroom 24-7. Andy Nolman.
1: Well, let's see. Where do you want to start? I'm going to start... Basically, I've been working my whole life. I've been working right now for 33 years. I started as a 16-year-old. Uh, in a newspaper, wh- was a sports reporter. Became uh, wrote my first article at the age of sixteen. I was just out of high school. It was on Peter Frampton. Wow. Uh, a little less uh, the, it was during the Frampton Comes Alive phase. Right. A little less than a year later, I became the entertainment editor of the newspaper. I was fired at the age of twenty-three when I had a fight with my soon-to-be boss, and uh, he threw a glass of wine at me—a red wine. Uh, no, sorry, he cut my tie. And I threw a <laughs> glass of red wine at him, and I thought that was equal, equal on the jocularity scale, you know, cutting a tie, throwing wine on his white sweater. Uh, a week later, he was named boss, and his first act of business was to fire the little pain in the butt <laughs> who threw wine at him. Um, but but you know, there's, a, there's a certain thing, you just don't screw with my clothes, and that has, uh, that has filtered through over the, over the years, but that was, I guess, the embodiment of it. Yeah. So I was unemployed at the age of 23, got a, a marketing degree at McGill University, but I couldn't find a job anywhere, so I started my own marketing and PR company. And one of my clients was a friend who threw me a bone. Uh, I would do PR for him. He was a concert promoter, so I would do PR for people like uh, for concerts coming in. But he did comedy shows, so we did Jay Leno and um, Yakov Smirnov who was big at the time, and Howie Mandel. And uh, I can, knew can how, I can I interrupt? Sure, sure. I would love please. to
0: interrupt because, uh, as I told you, my grandmother and uh, my grandmother was much Mont- was from Canada, Montreal, and my grandfather was in a theater group that was running vaudeville in wow. Montreal when they met so theater and all that it's um, we, we may be related could be at least if not perhaps in blood at least uh,
1: on the street right so continue so, I, so howie mandel i knew because uh, actually i met my wife through howie he was my wife was going with his brother at the time when i first met her and uh, he said um, hey rather than just do pr you want to promote the show so I didn't know anything about co-promoting a show, but I said, yes, and we ended up doing it. We caught Howie's uh, tour promoter at the time scalping tickets out so I brought that to his attention. (laughs) Suddenly, we got the whole Howie Mandel tour of North America, including Carnegie Hall in New York and Universal Amphitheater in Los Angeles. And uh, at the time, there was a guy in Montreal starting a comedy festival, and he was looking for somebody to run the English side of it. He started it in French. I was the guy. I, the, the festival is called Just for Laughs. I worked there for 15 years. I was the CEO and co-founder, and basically uh, brought that from nothing to uh, an industry-wide uh, event, where uh, worldwide event, where there's over two million people coming in every year to Just for Laughs now. And I still do the ga- I still direct the shows every summer. People like John Cleese and Oh my God, Louis Black and um, Martin Short uh, I, and Jimmy Fallon, and Craig Ferguson are people I, I direct every summer. Wow. Um, so I, I was running this festival, but I got bored. I left it uh, in the middle, at, at the height of its popularity. I started a web business with my uh, partner, Garner Bornstein, uh, business partner, great friend. And um, the, business, the web business was going nowhere. We went mobile. We went wireless about uh, a year after we started the web business because we were going bankrupt. Suddenly, we were on a trend. The wireless business um, uh, took off. We sold our company, which was on the verge of bankruptcy numerous times. Sure. We sold the company for about a hundred million dollars to a Japanese company. Um, we bought it back. And, last and what did, what
0: did they do with it? What did they want to do with it? They
1: drove it. What did they wanted What they wanted to do was uh, have. A, at that point in time, it was in vogue for Japanese companies to buy American companies. So um, we, 95% of our business was in the States, so uh, we were an American company despite the fact being in Montreal. And um, they bought us, and what they wanted to do was expand their global horizons, but at the time, they, they had a financial meltdown, an Internet scandal that dro- dragged down all the Internet stocks with it. Right. And you know, being a wireless uh, stock, they, they went down with the, you know, all tarred with the same brush, I guess. Yep. We bought the company back, and uh, I'm still running it, so that's basically my business history. But throughout all of this, Right. one continue, the one constant, let's say, that's continued throughout my career, I've always done things differently. I've always done things loud. I've always done things brashly. I've always managed to surprise people, and I learned this, the elements of surprise and the power of it, by watching comedians work. And in essence, every joke is a mini surprise, where you are, you know, a joke takes you along a path, you expect to go at the fork in the road to, to, to down path A, but the joke takes you down path B unexpectedly. I've seen the power of that and basically learned to harness this power of surprise in our Business and I got to tell you, you know, uh, without the power of surprise, there was no way our business would have gone ahead and punched above its weight and seen itself overvalued. I got to admit that about a hundred million dollars. But hey, you take what what you can get when people are willing to pay for it, and and that we did.
0: That's right. And if you had put that into the loon for a little bit. You could have made some serious money on the uh, on, on the, the exchange.
1: exchange. I I, I did uh, <laughs> at one point in time, but uh, then again, you know, when, you, know you, you, win, you you who lives by the sword dies by the sword. Absolutely. And, that, and, and the sword is also uh, who lives by foreign exchange dies by foreign Absolutely. exchange. That's Absolutely. That. Absolutely. So, so to get to part two of your question, all this is you know I I, I don't want to you know toot
0: my own horn or say hey hey hey, hey but, you, you can you can we'll tell you when you're okay. um, when you're g- getting outrageous but i think i have the credibility and, and the success
1: behind me to go ahead and, and write a book that is relevant to small business to big business to individuals but also rather than just be some staid business book and you know i it's funny i put together a series of videos that you can see on my website at andy which we use to right, say, that,
0: say that a little bit more slowly for those those who did not hear it. Yeah, the website. Oh, okay. Web site. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: AndyNulman.com. It's A-N-D-Y-N-U-L-M-A-N, no space. Right. Uh, We did a series of videos, and one of the videos was what business books used to look like. and They were just this boring blue cover with perhaps a black stripe, very academic and pedantic. What I wanted with my business book was I I, I knew I was never going to be the the world's best business book. I'm I'm not going to supplant good to great. I'm not going to beat made to stick. I'm not going to beat Search of Excellence, Tom Peters, but what I could be is perhaps the world's most entertaining business book where it's, hey, I'm learning something but I'm enjoying the ride and that's what I really tried to do with it. So, you know, anybody could take advantage of this. I think that you said something before about a serious business person, a serious businessman, businesswoman. Uh, these are the people who need this most. <laughs> these are the people who really need to understand the element of surprise and do things in a way that will get people on their side. Because surprise, what it does, at it's, it's purest. It democratizes us by kidifying us. And this is one of the key elements of, of the book. There's a, one of the four main theories that the number one is everyone's a kid in Disneyland. Everyone's a kid in Disneyland. I don't care who you are. You're a CEO of a major corporation. You're a rock and roll guitarist. You're a guy who lives in a trailer park. You're a tourist from New Guinea. No matter who you are, when you're in Disneyland, you're equal. You point at the flying elephants. Oh, there's Mickey Mouse, and you know that's what surprise does to you. It, it takes away the pretenses. It, it takes away the defenses, and allows you know people to go into you in a very, very unguarded state. And in that state, you become very susceptible to selling. And that's why this is so damn important.
0: Now, that in that state, you are so susceptible to selling. to, Was, being, to being sold. To being sold. So uh, how does, and, and so the power of surprise is, and you, you made the connection with comedy so that you make, <clears throat> it's easier to make a sale when you're not being predictable.
1: It, it's easy to make a, what, what, what surprise does to you is this, it fills you, it, it shocks the system. And what it does is it fills you with something that I call a euphoric shock. and euphoric shock is that that couple you just think of your face, your eyes when you 're surprised, your eyes pop this is called a surprise face, your eyes pop, your mouth opens, you look like an exclamation mark with with two eyes on it, which is basically the logo of my book now at that point in time. You, know, you have this euphoric shock, and what, what happens then is you, all your defenses have been dropped. You, you, you really have, you, you're stripped of your defenses. At that point in time, that euphoric shock, you can basically buy anything. I, I hate to, to equate it to this, but it's like ha- after having a couple drinks, that's why I call the Surprise the lubricant to yes. Okay. Euphoric shock is the, the lubricant to yes. It's, it makes it easier for somebody to buy what you're trying to sell when they are in the state of euphoria, and that's what Surprise does. And this, you know, the same thing. You think of yourself when you're laughing. You know, you you, you you're, you're weakened, and that that's the state that surprise puts you in.
0: All right. Now, tell me this: When you started out, when Andy Nolman started out, were you somebody who made people laugh, or you laughed at other people? Um, a bit of both. You
1: know what? Because of the fact that I was involved in humor so early yeah I made people laugh. I did silly stuff in school, but I was never a quote unquote comedian, but I understood the process and i w- I would be always be enamored of the process so when I got into the business you know, I, I got to be very frank as I always loved. You know, rock and roll and music a lot more than I love comedy. And uh, when you ask me what books I read when I was a, a teenager and a young right. adult, it were they were business books, p- bu- business books by Reason Trout, you know, positioning books like that. The Roger von X book, um, uh, whack on the side of the head. These were the, these were the books that inspired me. I didn't really read you know comedy books, but what I appreciated was the the process. I love the process of of developing comedy. So even to the point where you know this is you know it's like the old joke about the you know, the the, the the gynecologist who comes home and sees his wife bare naked. She's waiting for him at the door bare naked. He, He goes, honey, please, if I see one more, please, I can't deal with it. That was me in humor. Because after, you know, working in it, I I never laughed. It was always, you know, oh, that's funny, appreciating what made it funny versus laughing. So my wife would always say, I would take her, when I was in the the business, we would go to showcases, we would travel the world watching comedians and and basically selecting them, scouting them for the event, and I would never laugh. I would say, that's funny, oh, that's brilliant. Um, And that's, you know, that's what happens. You're removed uh, from it. So I was never really the, um, I, I don't think I was the big class clown, nor was I the guy who. You know, laughed at people. I was the, the guy in the middle who appreciated what was going on.
0: So you, um, so to comedy, there is a technique, a structure where you can. Is it possible to teach somebody uh, who is not, if I may use the term, naturally funny? Can sure. you teach somebody to be funny?
1: Sure. I used to teach humor writing at Concordia Concordia University. I taught the basics of humor writing, and yes, some people are going to be better at it than others, but the same way you can teach people finance, or you can teach people how to snowboard, or play hockey, or or play baseball, you you could teach them the fundamentals, but house will rise to the top. You can't make anybody right. great, but you can teach them the basics. That's what I did in teaching humor.
0: What What What, what are the fundamentals, oh. uh, educators? Man, the fundamentals. I, I know you put a whole course and a syllabus <laughs> together with like this, so this is really unfair. But what What give us uh, Give the audience, Sir McLaughlin, a work speaking. By the way, it gets so wrapped up in some of these conversations that I don't reintroduce Andy Nolman, the book Power, right between pow. the pow. Excuse me, pow. <laughs> but I, I noticed it's something where they. But I didn't realize that power had an exclamation point, and then that POW was part of power. Of course. D- 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 I didn't see that, but that, that's, that's what I'm looking at. POW, right between the eyes of fist there, profiting profiting from the power of surprise, speaking with Andy Nolman, and it is a delight. So this is going to be a little bit of a wander, but part of it is because I, I was surprised this afternoon myself, so as I was late in being in touch with Andy, it was because I had a bad surprise from um, a, a, a going in to have a procedure, and I was getting into some, some, um, some issues with the insurance company, and knowing that I was going to see, uh, listen to Andy, and the power of surprise, the, the advantage of something like this is that you can, once you have technique, I guess you can see um, humor in, in almost anything. But tell me, what do you teach people to be humorous? What, what Well, do you, you know, I've got
1: to do, I gotta be fair with you, Paul. That was, uh, my God, uh, like 18 years ago when I taught this course.
0: Sure, I understand. So I,
1: I don't remember, but what I do do is I use... Well, what do you humor? remember? Oh, God. What I remember <laughs> what I put
0: into, oh, I really At put into it. At our age, Andy, it all is about what you remember.
1: I tried to take the, what, I, what I taught there and put it into this, this book, whereas uh, a lot of the things are the same. Um, what I mean by that is the basis of, a, uh, of, of comedy is a joke, and the joke does take you down that path, as I mentioned before. Um, the joke says that, uh, will take you down a path, uh, and you get to a fork in the road. You think you're going down path A, but the joke really takes you down path B. Same thing with surprise. What you're doing there is mismanaging expectations, which is a term I love very much. People, your your clients expect. X, but you deliver Y, and that that the fact that you're delivering the the Y or the Z instead of the X is the thing that's going to get you remembered. If you only deliver what you what they expect, yes, you they, they may be happy, but they'll never be delighted. And
0: that's something I learned from um, uh, the people from Nintendo with Wii. With, with yeah, the, uh, you know, I th- actually it's on page 20 because I know because I got the book in front of me. But I when I was looking through, I came across that and it, it, tell that story. That's that is a very good. story story to see and, and and hear from Andy Noman it's in his book so you don't have to you should buy the book yeah, but, right he, you yeah, but give it away tell the story
1: well it's uh, I, I, I'm going to blank on the guy's name but you have you can put it if you have page 20 in front of you but the head of um, Nintendo th- this company was an also ran they were history they were number three and
0: far Sator Satoru Iwata there we go.
1: And Satoru Iwata said that he knew his cup that you couldn't beat Microsoft, uh, you know Xbox, and you couldn't beat Sony PlayStation at their own game. So what he did is he said, you know, I'm going to change the playing field, and what we're going to do is we're going to come up with a video game system that's not going to go after gamers. We're going to go after the masses. And as he said, and I hope I get this quote right. He said, you know, if you go ahead and deliver what your customers want, you can impress them. You can you can make them happy, but you'll never surprise them. And by surprising them, you'll never delight them. if you're not delighting them, there's no chance that they're going to be so bought into what you're going to try and sell them. They'll say, yeah, thank you for delivering what we expected. Uh, away we go.
0: Okay. So now I'm going to read you what you wrote which is very close but uh, yeah very well done you went on a bit but that's okay what you wrote was if you are simply listening to requests from the customer you can satisfy their needs but you can never surprise them and surprise is capitalized I guess you surprise you capitalize surprise throughout
1: that's right I try, uh, the respect I have for, for the word and the term. Yeah. And, and surprising them is what they did. And remember something. We, if you remember the, the initial reaction to we, everyone, the media made fun of the name, and when it first came out, they said, oh, look at those old school graphics. My God, you know, we have 3D, uh, you know, incredible blood spurting imagery and sound on these uh, avatars yeah exactly and now here you're going with this you know, one-dimensional you know graphic uh, you know uh, look for the Wii, but the fact of the matter was um, you know, the, the people were predicting its doom you know, immediately and then but what happened the surprise was they went after the soul rather than after the gamer and uh, you know, look how well these guys have done I mean you, you can't it's still hard to find some of this stuff in stock
0: well and, and if you had ever told a gamer that you're going to put bowling on a TV set. <laughs> and you're going to be able to bowl through your screen. They would have said, who wants to do that? Bowling? Uh, working out? Uh, yeah. But People I- love it. And I, I was just introduced to it uh, just this last Christmas. It, uh, even, even went to a very small dinner party. And afterwards, we went downstairs to the bowling alley and it was on a screen and we, And it so- wasn't bad. So here's, what, here's the why surprise is so important. Okay, go ahead. Um, and go ahead with the reminder that this is Paul McLaughlin speaking with Andy Nolman. Pow, right between the eyes, profiting from the power of surprise here on McLaughlin at Work, your audio guide to the workplace. The Work Wonk with the power of surprise.
1: If if these guys just went out and put out a, a system that was as good or close to um, you know, Xbox or PlayStation, great. That's what people uh, expect. Well, you're in the, in the business. Wonderful. No one uh, would have ever talked about it. There would never be the frenzy or the fury. Look, Xbox released uh, some, some incredibly huge games, World of Warcraft. Yes, but you expect that. What we did is they went against expectations, and that became the big buzz. And by following up games with that workout, they, conti- they kept it going. Because surprise is not just doing it once. Surpri- if you do it once, that's like you're know, lighting a firecracker. You know, and you say, oh, great, here's a little explosion, hallelujah. Yep. Surprise is like a string of pearls. Each, with each one, you, you, it's a continuum, and each one adds to the, the power and each one adds to the value of what you're trying to do. So people are, are, are put on the edge. Wow, I wonder what these people are going to do next. You know, uh, I, I'm waiting to see what these, what, what's, what's next from these guys. Apple's the perfect example. Well, as you
0: say, this, we're going to get to it uh, later, but one of the surprises is what's happening to the financial system in America. Yeah, well, yeah, there's <laughs> no surprise that's just, surprise. <laughs> that's right. But we'll come back to that. You go on with Apple.
1: Well, you look right now, I've used this example this week in my blog. Um, Apple came out with a new iPod Shuffle. Now, the iPod Shuffle, when it first came out, was a huge surprise because they, they took the iPod and brought it down to the, the, the size of a pack of gum. you know, a small pack of gum, a stick of gum, basically. And then they, for the second time around, they came up with a clip one, which was half the size. So the first big thing was surprise was the first one. The second one was, okay, well, not re- you know, it, it's kind of cool, but the, but the real surprise on the third one, which is even smaller, but you expect it to be smaller, because w- when you go from you know, size one down, uh, you've it half a size, you know you're, it's not going to get bigger, so you know it's going to be smaller. Right. But the surprise is, okay, ah, this one talks to you. And that's the difference between wow and pow. Wow is, hey, wow, they made it smaller. Pow is, holy jeez, they made it talk. The first time around was it was it was you know you know holy geez look at the size of this thing. But after a while, it's okay. I came to expect that. But but what's the brilliance of Apple is time and time again they are continually following up their surprises with more surprises, which is why this company has has taken its place. In, in the social fabric and, and in the and in the psyches of people, this is not just a company. Apple really is, has become uh, part of um, you know people's uh, raison d'être. It's become part of their their DNA. Right, right. And,
0: and in the in the financial market, this being this being pow right between the eyes, profiting from the power of surprise by Andy Noman, um looking at the stock values, Apple has held up uh, not only quite well. But as you know um, from business sense that people are anticipating that they will continue to surprise the marketplace with great product and great design, and that's why they're they have held up in terms of their, uh, their stock price, because the expectation is they will continue to surprise, because they always have.
1: I rest my case. And that's why when you said before, how do serious p- business people uh, take to this? You know, I, I use the example of Apple. I use the example of Richard Branson. Again, you know, uh, I always say the difference between surprise and uh, boredom is, you know, who do you want to be, Richard Branson or Richard Nixon? <laughs> so um, you know you have to go ahead and, uh, and that that's the difference. But you see, Richard Branson is a guy who does it again and again and again. Target, the store, you know, Walmart does incredibly well, but Target is a company that continually surprises with you know they, their uh, vertical fashion shows, their their pop up stores on uh, on um, aircraft carriers. You know, these guys really do things right. Now that, who did they just sign up um, Alexander McQueen? I mean, holy geez, one of the world's most expensive and outrageous designers you find him at uh, barney's you know they've just uh, signed him up to do stuff for target so yeah. these are people i, I you know it, it pays off it, this is not this is not frivolous this is not kitty parties or um, you know surprise parties or jack-in-the-boxes
0: this is serious business well and i think that you raise a, a series of very good points we've done um, it was a, a book that we had on, um, it, and we don't talk about books, we talk about people. The mm-hmm. fact is you're an author, and that makes you a lot more uh, interesting than reading the book. I mean, that's why we have the power of voice. That's what we think is important here on McLaughlin at Work, Paul McLaughlin, The Work Walk, your audio guide to the workplace. And in this particular instance, having a delightful conversation with Andy Nolman, what do you call the, um, what do you call the title of the book? Uh,
1: what do I call it? Or yeah, what is, what is it? it?
0: What is the uh, title of the book?
1: The, the book is uh, "Power Right Between the Eyes." The subtitle is obviously profiting from the power of surprise. I just wanted to call it "Power Right Between the Eyes," but um, you know, the publisher said you can't just leave it like that because no one will know what the hell it is, <laughs> and, especially if it's in the business book section. But that's fine. You know, I, I got to tell you, I hey, tell tell me how the cover
0: came together. Always fascinated by how covers come together.
1: Well, what I wanted to do is have Whose a Whose fist is that? Uh, I don't know. We found that
0: on the Internet. <laughs> what, what happened to that on the Internet? We found it. <laughs> to be very honest with you. Nobody will get Whose through. fist is that? Who's going to me? That's
1: my fist, <laughs> that damn <laughs> I mean,
0: there that, that happened to Friedman on The, uh, the World is Flat. Well, yeah. Then did was, you hear me? This is his was, cover. His cover was on somebody, and somebody said, hey, that's my cover.
1: Well, you know, let's, let's move on to this before uh, I
0: have litigators uh,
1: calling <laughs> me. Um, okay, seriously speaking, what we want to do with the cover, I mean, you know, you, the, the, those who say you can't judge a book by its cover are wrong. You can, and I've, I've spoken to people who have bought the book from out, across the country. They've called me, and, uh, they, uh, and I said, "Well, why would why, you buy this book? They said, well, we saw it uh, sitting on the table, and this cover brought me over to it. I wanted this to look like a different than any other business book. And when I first sat down with Wiley, they—I'm a big fan, a big collector of uh, contemporary and uh, modern art—and they showed me a um, uh, Newsweek cover from 1965 with a Lichtenstein, Roy Lichtenstein sure. designs that pop, P-O-P. Right. And they said so we want to do something like this, and I said, "Oh my God, you, you're, you're kidding! You're right at my alley uh, because I have a Lichtenstein at home." So wow, I'm, I'm, I'm so impressed. And then they, they kept on coming up with designs. But they looked at my blog and they said, frankly. You know, we can't outdo the design of your blog. So basically, they replicated the design of my blog um, into the book cover. And I asked for the, the the writing to be you know to be tilted, and uh, uh, oh, I had a whole bunch of other stuff I wanted to do on the cover, but uh, it's you know you can't really see it right now. Or basically, you you can uh, considering it's you know where it's be, where this is being broadcast. But it's yellow, and it's it's red, and it's orange, and it's explosive. And uh, you need to do that right now in in book, because what I couldn't have is a book on surprise that looks like everything else. Well, you know what?
0: Um, And you just reminded me of something, which we now can do happily on McLaughlin at Work when viewed on uh, Web Talk Radio, is I will make sure, and I'll make a mark in here where we're talking, to make sure that we have a picture of the book while you're talking about it, so when people listen to this, they just they're looking at it, and make sure he puts my book and not like Gladwell's Outliers or something like that that sells better than me. You know? I mean? Well, no, no we, we, we can... I'm sorry, Andy, you have no control over what we put on this <laughs> exactly. program. I I'm the host on this program. I own the program. We put on whatever we want, which is the reason why we have you, because we wanted to have you. Well, just let's go one step further, Paul, if I can, on the cover. The Absolutely. Cover's, the covers
1: one thing. But there's so much in the book. Like, uh, every chapter starts off with, um, uh, uh, I got original art done by this, uh, this artist named Tim Barnard who does skateboards and snowboards and um, in a style uh, by, uh, that looks like Wallace Wood, who used to write, uh, who used to draw for Mad Magazine years ago, sure. it's a very dense art form that he uses. But it, what he de- does is pick up all the mentions, I, uh, all the references I have in the chapter, and converts them into a collage. You know, so you see all the people and all the things I talked about in the chapter converted visually. There's all sorts of surprises in the book. There's there's Easter eggs. There's a whole bunch of stuff I kind of didn't get into because you got to buy it and see. But the book looks unlike any other business book, I, and that uh, even to the point of who. I I got to do the forewords. Um, David Allen, the guy who wrote um, "Getting Things Done," was kind enough to do the afterwards. So I had a little bit of business cred there. Right. But you know, everyone, you know, the forewords, everyone does. You know, it's a log rolling. I'll do you forward if you do mine, and everyone, you know, it, it, it's lost its, its punch. So I said to do a book on surprise, who could I get to do a forward that has business cred? and it's going to be different. So I got John Cleese, Monty Python fame, and Craig Ferguson, the host of the CBS Late Late Show, um, to do it because uh, I knew that they were going to do something that's not dull and that we're going to add to the book versus a a forward where people are going to say, okay, well, someone's just Uh, kissing his butt.
0: Yeah, Uh, uh, and and very well done in that regard. I think that um, having, uh, I guess it's a reality that uh, having people of note recognize the book and be willing to put their name on it uh, helps sell. One hopes,
1: but yeah. in, in the end, I've got to be really honest with you. You can never control how your book is going to sell unless you buy them up yourself. That's the only way you can fully control the sales of your book is if you go to the cash register right. or go online and buy yeah. them yourself. Um, well, and,
0: and the same could be said, Andy, if, if you click into Web Talk Radio uh, you know, 400 times to listen to this show... That will register his audience
1: that 's right, but in the end, you know it, is it real that 's no. not what i 'm trying to do. What I tried to do was put together a legitimate, fun read that people are going to enjoy and say at the end of it, "I got something out of it. Will everybody love it? Of course, not there's nothing in the world that everybody loves, but you know for those who will like this will like it. A lot. Yeah. And you know, we always say, I discuss this with a number of different authors. I have some great author friends, a guy named Mitch Joel, a guy named Andy Cernovitz who wrote the book Word of Mouth Marketing, whose, whose book I love. And we sit and talk about how, how do books sell. And you, you can do a million interviews, but in the end, there's an old expression which I actually used in the book by the musician Brian Eno who said, did you never know which grain of sand starts the avalanche? Yeah. That's what you got to do you, you just hope that there's there's you know, some greater spirit out there that decides to bestow upon your book versus the other guys that this is going that yours is the next outliers and tipping points versus the next bargain basement when you walk into uh, Borders yeah. or Barnes and Noble.
0: Well, and and it is the element of surprise. So yeah, 100%, somebody 100%. somebody somebody picks it up, doesn't know what to expect necessarily, may not have known you, and says, you know there. There, it was interesting in, um, because Jack Covert was somebody who we've spoken to and we've been Jack Covert fans for a long time. Then he came out with the best 100 uh, uh, hundred best business books. And some of those are really quite uh, brief and pithy. Um, I mean, he has the tomes and the difficult reads in there because you sort of have to, uh, all the people that you've quoted. But you know, he's also got ones that are not exactly sleepers and maybe not even bestsellers, but one that in – in the genre, made a point and made it well. I'm thinking of a couple. Um, I don't know whether they're in there or not, but you know, the the, the power of nice and the, a lot of these these books that that uh, humor and how humor works and
1: yeah, or, or the radical leap or you know, I, I, know, what you, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah,
0: it's just somebody that, that picks up on something that and and that worked for them. So they've got real life stories of why. Surprise worked, and it worked for Andy Nolman. Tell me, um, are you a performer? I know you give speeches, but do you g- consider yourself a performer? You know, I consider myself a performer first and foremost,
1: which is what, where, what I try to do. Even with the book, I remember when I had my first discussions with Wiley, I have my notes, and I said what I want this to do to be is a performance in print. And you know, you mentioned Jack Covert. I was so honored because Co- this was one of Jack Covert's selects. On the 800 CEO Read site and blog, and and Jack's been an incredible fan of this, and it made me feel so good because I've been, you know, as a kid I would read, you know, the the 800 CEO Read Jack stuff, and now the fact that he's anointing me, I I couldn't believe it. Do you know how? Do you know how
0: he got the number um, uh, 1 800 CEO Read? Tell me. Because they had a um, his number was uh was begin the it was two three six mm-hmm. and so somebody said, don't you know that that two three six is translates into the alphabet as c e o so that's how he became c e o uh one eight hundred c e o reed
1: that's great because
0: he was one eight hundred uh two three six blah 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 and he changed the last four and became c e o reed name of the uh, company
1: well you asked about performance yeah and and um i I speak a lot to a <laughs> lot of public speaking but i always see you it, like it Oh man, I, I, you know, I got to tell you honestly, I'm more comfortable on a stage than I am anywhere else uh, in the world. And I do a lot of it. I do like, corporate. I, I call myself <laughs> here comes the great title, corporate showman versus like a speaker because I, I don't. I'm not a podium you know, a sucker. I got to right. stand and, and hug the podium. But I do a whole bunch of other stuff. I host events. I host for Deloitte. Every year they do a thing called the Fast 50, which is the 50 fastest growing companies. I host that for them. Okay. I sing. I sing in a rock band. And In fact, that's one of the videos that we used to promote the book. I got this band of kids, these 12- to 16-year-olds who are majestic musicians, and we recorded the song together. So I do a lot of... So I'm on stage... Often, and, uh, in, and, and not just as a, uh, a, a, you know, a, a talking corporate head with PowerPoint behind me. You know, I have a band behind me sometimes.
0: Huh. Um, and I, I made note, I don't know who just called me. I think it was my son on the West Coast. Um, uh, but I had to shut him off. So I, I, I Hopefully. You no, know, I did. I, I, I'm speaking to Andy Nolman here on McLaughlin at Work. Uh, you also sport a wardrobe. Well, you've always been a um, sartorial splendor kind of guy? You know what? It's personal
1: packaging. That's the way I see it. And so few people play it well. In fact, that's the entire chapter five of the book is all about standing out. And that's why I say, surprise doesn't just work as. You know in a corporate world it works on a personal basis which you can use in the corporate world to make yourself stand out from the competition and when times are tough and when you're looking for a job who, who are you going to choose are you're going to choose the, the gray suited guy who is uh, oh man you know him and 400 other clones? or are you're going to choose the person who stands out one way shape or another now you're not going to wear a clown costume to get a banking job although perhaps these days it would be very apropos but um, you, you do want to go ahead and, and make and stand out, and close is one of the greatest ways to do it. Your, your, your wardrobe is your book cover. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on who you are, that is the way people judge you. That's your packaging. So, yeah, I've been doing this my whole life, and it's so much, so enjoyable, I, I don't understand people who don't want to, um, you know, I don't really want to say look, your, look their best, but do something that draws eyes to them um, on a constant basis. I, I, why would you fit in when you could stand out? It doesn't well,
0: I, you know, it's an interesting point, and speaking about the issue of business, you're, you're in the business of surprise. And so uh, not only are you educated and articulate and you can back it up, but the surprise is, look what Andy is wearing. But in some uh, business professions, it is more important to, in the old days, look like a banker. Who knows what a banker looks going to look like in 2010? But same can be said for a lawyer or a judge. That there's sort of, in a way, uh, it depends on what you're trying to achieve and in this case, where you are a person who wants to draw attention to himself, but not in a superficial way, you dress you dress to surprise people. so yeah. in other words, you change your dress too. so part of the part of the surprise uh, it, Have you ever come out as a suit? Oh, I, you know what
1: I have I think thirty two uh, suits at home. Some of them are, are uh, a little bit outlandish, but I have uh, a little gray, bit what? outlandish. But okay. I have gray pinstripe, navy blue, black, black on black. I have gray. I, uh, but again, even when you're wearing a suit, like I'll give you a perfect example. It's so silly to talk about this, but it, it, it makes a point. I have this coat. It's a nice coat. It's a black coat, a winter coat with a, 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 a fake fur collar. It's, it, it's, it's a beautiful coat. But uh, it, it's a standard winter coat, so I have this pin—a thirty-dollar pin. It's a—it's—it's it's a, 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 what do you call it? A Silhouette of Elvis performing, and it's mirrored. It's a mirror. It's a pin, basically a, a mirror of, of, of a silhouette of Elvis performing on you know, the Elvis sort of hip swaggering right. dance. Yep. And I wear it on the coat. You cannot believe the—I re- I, swear—it's astonishing the reaction I get from that stupid thirty-dollar pin. And it takes a very plain coat and brings it out, and it brings attention, but not doesn't just make attention like, hey, look at that goof. It brings attention, hey, what's that all about? And people will talk to me, and when people talk to me, suddenly I have a relationship with them, and having a relationship is what marketing is all about, and that's what surprise is all about. It's going ahead and establishing that relationship. So you know, even if it's a gray suit, the accessories you wear with it, you know, your buttons, your cufflinks, the tie could go ahead and make it stand out. And I do that time and time again. I could take a gray suit uh, that, that the next guy could wear and bring it out. But, that, but it's key. Cause, you know, it's never just business, Paul. It's never, oh, it's just business. It, business is about a relationship, and surprise is a key point. And I say this all the time. Think about your first date. And, you know, it's that, that, that sense of wonderment where you learn about each other. Like, wow, I never knew you knew this. I never knew you did this. I didn't know you like that. I didn't know that we have this in common. And your eyes are open. It's a sense of wonderment. Twenty years later, it's, oh, there's that story again. And every move is choreographed, and every story has been told. And the element of surprise is why so many relationships break down. Yeah. If that's the way it works in personal life. It works the same way in a professional life. Yeah, you don't
0: want your first surprise to be your, wi- your wife working out on you. Well, my, no, that's why I wear women's clothes sometimes. <laughs> Honey, I'm home. you like my dress? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Tell me, um, Ferg- has Ferguson always been Craig Ferguson? Has he changed? And in, and in, in, in the, in the same spirit, have you grown? Are you a different guy than you were when you developed this theory? And, and over time, have you had to have grown and changed? Is change part of surprise? Um, yes. But what changes is maybe just what you
1: show. It may not really be you know you. What change is 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 uh, what you what you choose is is what you choose to show the public. But it may not be what's deep inside you. Now, it's, it's a very, very interesting question. Craig Ferguson, we've been friends for 20 years. Uh, I met him at just for laughs when he, was, uh, he had a different name. He had a character named Bing Hitler, of all things, and it was this punk rock comic. He it was, it was hysterical. And we put him on our Showtime show in 1987. So we've been friends since that time. And, yeah, he's changed, but still, you know, he's become, from an unknown punk rock comic, you know, one of the you know, seminal... Uh, uh, you know, tv stars in north america right now but the fact of the matter is craig ferguson's soul is craig ferguson's soul he's still a nice quiet brilliant uh... guy and that's the way he was even when he had this character back in 1987 he craig ferguson is craig ferguson so you ask me this question um, in the end, you know, our, our, we, we, I do think that some things never change. We, I'm putting on a high school reunion. We do this every five years, where my the, the class I graduated in gets together, and uh, you know, we hang out. and uh, We're 60 people now getting together at Niagara Falls later uh, in a couple months uh, on the Canadian on the Canadian side. Both sides, both sides, oh, both sides. Good. But what we say is, we say to each other as we're planning this, we said, you know what? We've all gotten older, but man. A lot of us didn't. change. None of us changed. None, no, lot no, of true. No, no. sure. We've gone ahead, and things have changed, and some of our our accomplishments are, are incredible. But deep down, we, oh, there's your son again. Deep no. down, we are who we are. So, um, but that's but that's one of the key points where you need to bring this um, uh, novelty into any relationship, because what you don't want to do is be taken for granted. And,
0: yeah, while I'm I, talking, I just got to tell my wife that I can't talk to her because I'm talking to Andy Nolman. Pow! Right between the eyes. So I'll get back to her later. Right after I'm through with you, Andy. Well, there's a surprise. Andy.
1: you be the one leaving you. That tr-
0: probably has a stronger measure to follow.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: I'm sure. <laughs> How dare you, Jonathan? <laughs> um, are you also a writer? Do you 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 talked about writing comedy? But what do you? What what? you got your greatest joy out of uh, an inspiration and perspiration out of being in front of a corporate crowd. And is that because there's a shock value because they don't know what they're going to get when they get Andy Nolman? Oh, believe me, that, that's all the time. But it's just, it's a challenge. It's, um, I guess,
1: a, a modern non violence uh, uh, gladiator type challenge where you're standing there in front it's, it's the same way com- it happens to comedians all the time go ahead make me laugh and you have the people with your their arms crossed and you're alone there with a the microphone now I have a few different props and I may have a band behind me but it's the same thing alright right, go ahead uh, impress me and, and I love that uh, that challenge that feeling and also you know there's a, a certain elevation you have over the, the, uh, the audience you're on a stage with, and you're, you're amplified and they're not on the stage and they're not
0: <laughs> right. so, but uh,
1: I, you know, I I've been writing my whole life. I've been, I, I started writing uh, professionally when I was 16 years old. Yeah. That's the way I... I uh, and you got your
0: first byline. Oh, I, I'm looking at it and, right and now. You, and and did, have, you, have you felt that way again? That first byline, I remember mine, and um, let me ask you about yours.
1: No, I never felt that way again. I remember it distinctly, I, and I, I was, uh, uh, I remember I went to the Peter Frampton concert. I just felt like going to everyone, did you see the article? That was me. That was me. And I figured everyone would be looking the same way I was. I, I knew who all the rock critics were. You know, I figured that, all, that the kids would be wondering, who is this new guy? But I've got to tell you, that is so sad. But that was a greater thrill than seeing my book in the store. Seeing my book in the store, you know, I, I guess you expected it. But that, you know, when you're 16 yeah. years old
0: and you see in, in a real newspaper, you, you your comes oh. comes out there, that was pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, speaking with Andy Nillman, POW, right between the eyes, profiting from the power of surprise. When, would, when did it come out? Uh, less than a month ago. It came out at the beginning of March.
1: And so it's still you know, a little newbie on the shelf. Yep. And one thing I've learned about books yeah. is that books have an incredible. You, you figure, you know, the, by by April, there's somebody else's book out. But books have a lo- have a great afterlife, a uh, great half life, where you know, uh, three years down the road they are still relevant, and you're still booking speeches. I wrote a book years ago called How to Do the Impossible. Okay, it's, and uh, I st- that book, man. I still get booked on speeches for, for that book, which is out of print, and yet, people,
0: for some reason, people have it, people refer to it, and uh, I'm astonished. So um, it, 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 is, it is the power of books. There's, there's one, um, uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Oh, sure, man. Do you know it? Sure. Na- tell me what you know about it. What, 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 when I say that, what, what does it recall, recall to you? Obviously, that, you're well-read.
1: That, first of all, it's ancient. And secondly, it's one of, you know, one of the, the seminal, I uh, use that word often, uh, business I think you used it twice with yeah, us so far. Yes,
0: okay, On Web Talk Radio, they don't like things like seminal. Okay. Because, so you know, we, we're trying to be, it's, we're not M.O.R., but, you know, we, we've got to come together at uh, some, like, uh, like uh, what is the town? Populous, popular. Thank you very much. Thank you we're very populous. much. Populous. Okay, so uh, but I, Napoleon Hill, what, who told you to read Napoleon Hill?
1: Um, you know, what, no one told me to read it, but in the early days of college, when we were lear- when we discovered um, uh, Reason Trout and uh, uh, Roger von Eck were two right. of my, my favorites at the time, yeah. that's when we started to see what other because there weren't all that many business books out there no. that had that type of and, and that was one of them. Although it was a classic, that was one of them.
0: And if I don't know whether you still have it as part of your library, um, but if you if you do, if you take a glance at it, it is. It is more. It is as relevant today, but because of that, it is more relevant today than when it was written. In uh, I think the first issue came out in 1937.
1: Yeah. Well, it, 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 that of the Bible. <laughs> Congratulations. They both done it. They've had more relevance now than,
0: than, than yeah. back when they were written. Um, I want to talk about the depression we're in. Okay. Uh, not as a depressing subject, but as as to help people out of it. Uh, first of all. Let me ask you, Andy Nolman, have you ever seen anything like it? No, but when I was in the comedy business, there were a couple of
1: uh, recessions, and and, uh, I was a whole lot younger and did not have the responsibilities I have now. but uh, I don't remember. You know, I don't remember things ever being that tough. I remember '72, the gas, cri- the the oil crisis. Right. That was kind of visible because of the fact you saw cars lining up on the streets. Right. You don't see cars lining up on the streets now. You see stores closing. But this is my take on it. Yeah. Um, it's tough, but it's it's deserved, it. and unfortunately, it's deserved it because of the fact that you know so many uh, people basically screwed the system and got greedy. But it happens all, time and time again. Does. Gotcha. And, um, you know, you're paying the price. You're paying the price right now. Like, I people tell me, like, oh, my God, you can't believe you walk down the streets uh, of New York and uh, uh, stores are closing left, right, and center. I say, yeah, you're right. But you know what? When things were going really good, these stores were just doing okay. So when things are going really good, they're just doing okay. How are they going to survive when things are going poorly? Yeah. Or people say, oh, Starbucks, they're they're closing... 2,000, oh, right. Right. yeah, guess what? Because they had 5,000 too many. Right. So, of course, they're going to close it. What do you expect? Do you well, know? I
0: think there's, and I think I would add to that, there's kind of an emotional, um, it's almost a, the, the, the idiot and genius find, uh, separated by a very fine line. When I was in a more corporate position, uh in an investment bank in which literally the um, the uh annual compensation was paved in streets of gold, there was as much angst over a very small amount of money which seemed to indicate the love factor. So somebody got paid, you know, one percent less than somebody else, but still way past their value or their contribution to society. And everybody said, Wow, I can't believe the guy doesn't like me the way now when there's very little, it's sort of the same emotion. But uh, the, the money isn't the same, so I'm not sure that money is is the issue here. But tell me, when when how people think about themselves, how do you get confidence back? What is the surprise factor, and and related to business? You can't be too flip about it because you've got people who are in great pain, and people who are suffering, my term, suffering, but not because of their own sins. What which, how do you address that? Well. I'm no economist, luckily. Oh, go ahead, Uh, but but, The economists aren't doing a very good job, so you might as well step in and give us some surprises.
1: The only thing I, I could say is this. People, you know, the only way for this to work is for people to start buying again. For people to start buying again, you have to establish trust. To establish trust, you need to have a relationship. And the only way to go ahead and establish, as I mentioned before, the way to establish a relationship surprises such an important factor. What you have to do is get people, you talk about a stimulus package, you have to stimulate people to get off their couches and out of their homes to say, hey, let's go spend uh, some money, but do it in a, in a responsible way. People are still going to spend People are still they're going to buy less, but they're still going to buy clothes. They're still going to buy cars. They're still going to buy food. So the, the fact of the matter is they, they, they've, you know, there's not a situation where, oh, my God, there's no money in the marketplace. They are going to spend. So the difference is, what are they going to spend with you or somebody else? And using the elements of surprise, doing things a little bit differently to attract customers. Right now is the time where you build relationships that last forever. When things are tough and you can do something. Like I use the example in the book. Okay, and I use this example. Uh, it, it closes off the, the f- chapter about the four theories, and it says you, you, want, to be, you, want, you want to go ahead and establish yourself w- w- with a customer. Call up your customer right now you 're both hurting, but call up your customer and say, "You know what? your best customer say here 's what you do. Come to my place of business or my catalog or, or my online wherever I am, and choose anything you want for free i don 't care whatever it is just take." Choose something for free. You're you're one of my best customers. Come get even if you own a car lot. Come, come and uh, t- take one for free. <laughs> even no, seriously speaking, <laughs> right. you do it once. And now you say, okay, now thank you, what's the catch? No catch, go. You're a great customer. I want to make sure you're a great customer. What's this person going to do? This person's going to tell everybody to go to the local news. You won't believe it. I went to this car dealership. They gave me a car for free. What's the catch? There is no catch. Suddenly people are talking. It becomes national news. Um, It's a feel-good story. So when people have to go buy a car, where are they going to go? To, you know, they're going to say, hey, may, may, I'm going to go with that guy who, who gave the, the, the free car away just because he was, he was so nice. And who knows what he or she or they will do for me. This is what it's all about. And that's why, you know, again, it's not frivolous and it's not silly. You need, it, you know, it, it's about having guts. It's about having balls. It's balls are bigger than brains. Balls are bigger than budgets. That's what I always say. It's not throwing money at the problem; it's throwing guts at the problem. To say I'm going to do something that's going to make me stand out, but not do it in a way that that's that a freak show. Do it in a way that hey, it makes people talk and it makes people want to do business with you. So I think this is a great. It's not the panacea. It's not the cure all. But I got to tell you, it's a nice. Uh, it's a good building block. And it's it's, it's a, a start. It's a good a good bit of medicine. You know, it may not be. You know, the, the only thing you're going to take in your medical cocktail, but it's a nice, you know, it's a good, a good base.
0: I'm going to put a uh, picture in. Uh, I'm going to put a picture of the book, which I'm going to take, and um, let people guess as to the font size of the page because it's it's not so large to be insulting, uh, but it's very easy to read. I, I like the font size. Now, I, I
1: I labored over this and um I, we we every, everything in there the font size, the font style um, everything, everything about the book i've got to tell you the, the inside flap, the author picture of the website that went with it. I mean, I, I said in the end, the only thing I could do is control what I can control, and I can, you know, control the look and feel and the words and what, what goes into this book. And in the end, I, I, then you set it out to the marketplace, and the marketplace decides what they're going to do with it. it doesn't, you, you can have all the PR in the world, but in the end, as I said before, it's that grain of sadness, that spirit, that unknown spirit that goes ahead and takes it and says, I'm going to make this a success or I'm not. And uh, all you can do is come up with a great product, and that's what I did. So even the font size and the font style are things I labored over. Now, when
0: I look at your picture and I'm trying to envision you, I, uh, you will, w- when do you come to New York next? You you, you come down oh, and see I come, me? I come so often, but I would I would be I would love to come and see you. C- could could we get together? A hundred percent. That'd be great. So so you look like this picture? This is recent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Although my hair's
1: a lot shorter now. Uh, how come? You know, I, I have this stupid
0: habit, of,
1: and I do it all the time, but every time I take a promo shot, yep. I end up completely changing my look right after. I usually get a, I don't know why I do this, a, a new earring, a uh, um, uh, new haircut, something. I go on a, a, a massive diet, whatever it is, but it's funny. I have all these these, uh, these promo photos that end up being obsolete the day they're taken
0: because I completely changed my look, so I, check, I cut my hair off. I don't know why. Okay, um, I did. and, and um, did your wife help you pick out the picture? Is this totally your picture? I this mean, to, is, totally your choice, or is, uh, yeah, do you have input from others, your children, I, your, your I wife? Actually,
1: I actually, I actually left it open to uh, readers of my blog to decide. I oh, that's took, cool! I took three pictures. Again, this is all. If you go to Andy Nolman, I said it slow. A N D Y N U L M A N dot There's a thing called the Hype Machine on that, and okay. you can see all the videos. And that's cool. The, the third one, or the second one we did, where I took three photos. To to say what is power right between the eyes. One of them was a split where uh, it's two photos of me. One um, it, it splits in the middle and there's the, it's like an egg and there's me in the middle of it. It's you know, me as the shell and me as the middle. Right. There was a second one with a target in the middle of my head and I'm looking up at the target. Okay. Power right between the eyes. And the, the third bullet- one yeah. was a bullet hole with blood dripping down <laughs> uh, and, and just me being totally oblivious with a smile on my face. Right. And we put this out to the public and. Um, uh, I forget what the, 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 it's all on the blog. I forget what the actual vote was, but the vote was to go for the um, uh, the split one and, and the, the violent one, which I loved and my wife hated. <laughs> but if, the, if that's what they chose, that's what I was going to go for. I love, I, I, I will use that that somewhere, somehow. Maybe, you know, usually when I, when I, if I speak at a corporate event, I'm going to go ahead and use that one.
0: Yeah. Um, let me ask you this: is, is the look on your face, how would you describe the smile? Is it a smirk? Is oh, of it course ironic? It is. Is it uh, well? How would you describe it? It's there's two looks. Oh, no, hold on, let me just. This is about my. I've got to get back to this person because I'm on the radio right now with Andy Nolman. But I'll give you a call back in a few minutes. Thank you. There we go. This makes it very real.
1: That's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, I, next time I'm going to have like, food delivered to me. While I to <laughs> I'm going to do that. Hey, this a... is
0: McLaughlin at work. This is work. I, I I mean, you I'm I'm having yeah, a
1: good time, but this is work. I barred the um, the cleaning man. I, I told I, I shoot him away from the door when he came in to take my garbage and take my coffee cup. But um, uh, you were asking about the the, the look. Yeah, yeah, the look. The, you, no, the your look. How, how
0: would you describe the face? Because you know, I was when I first looked at it, I said it's a smirk. And then I said, no, it's not really a smirk. What what it is... And, again,
1: I, I, I did a whole thing on author photos, and most author photos in books are so pretentious. You know, the guy leaning on his <laughs> fist or looking into the distance or, you know, trying to look very
0: professorial. Uh, excuse me, that's you mean like my picture on webtalkradio.net? Uh, yeah, thank the, you very much. I, I, thank I, you, Andy. Thank you very much. I, <laughs> there thank goes. you very much. I, that was out of 100 pictures, taking you know, a skyscraper I, in New York. I know how to suck up, let me tell you, man. <laughs> I know how to alienate my, the, the people <laughs> who are helping me out. By bad,
1: that feeds you, I always say. <laughs> But I, I said that most photos are terrible. So at least if, if I'm going to be terrible, let me be terrible in a way that gets people talking. So that's why we, we did this. It's the outside look is the surprise face, the popped eyes and the open mouth. But in, in the inside, it's sort of that, like, you know what it is? It's Mr. It's kind of a Mr. Know-it-all Thing in the yeah. middle of it, that, that's that's what it is. But, well, but of, you have the right to say that, though. A knowing smirk. It's a knowing smirk. Like, hey, we're in on the joke. You know, we're 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 in on this together. Me and the reader. That's right. what I really try to do. Rather than be some pretentious ass, to say, you know, I am so far above you because I've written a book. You know, that, that's, that ain't the case.
0: Yeah. But this is, um, this is, it's interesting, and tell me this, you, um, would you ever make this into an audio book? What makes, it, what makes an audio book? What makes it into
1: an audio book is if... Uh, you I want to know, read it
0: for a couple of hours. Yeah,
1: somebody says, I would like to go ahead and uh, pay you extra money to make it into an audio book. <laughs> you know, I did my, my previous book, How to Do the Impossible, I, I made it into an audio book, and I had a blast doing it. Uh, it was throat... Jarring and throat uh, shredding, but it was great. I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the final product. But this was, you know, there's a lot more words in this book, yeah. So I don't know. But in the end, I find audio books very. I, I listened to one last time. I drove down to um, to Boston and I had a blast. So uh, if the time comes, I'm ready. But again, even there, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it so differently with different, you know, voices and yeah. you know, sound effects and screaming. You know, it won't just be some
0: guy. Uh, uh,
1: you know, boringly reading the... the well, maybe I'll, give, maybe
0: I'll give you an audio forward. Oh, man, that would be fun. <laughs> from, from McLaughlin at work. Um, what would you like people on a, on a... This is a business book. You want people to buy it. Um, when you say profiting from the power of surprise, don't want a long answer, running out of time, but have you always done things because they, you were successful in making money at it? In other words, you write a book, you know hope the book sells. You don't just write a book for the sake of writing a book. Have you been... You are a commercial success, uh is is that because you wanted to be a commercial success or is that the first derivative no
1: always the derivative i you, do do things great and you know i'm not saying the money will always follow cuz it doesn't and sometimes it's unjust where the money goes is unjust but at least you can say I did something. I did something great. Don't be a whore. I've have always said that because a, a whore is is a whore. But if you do something great, most of the time the money will follow. That's what. But profiting doesn't necessarily mean uh, making money. It doesn't say make money from the power of surprise. You can profit without making money. You could profit by doing great things. A lot of the things mentioned in this book, a lot of stories are about causes, about raising awareness for causes, about, you know, in, in Denmark how they, how they stop people from speeding how they stop guys from speeding and reduce speed limits how a company, a group called War Child talks about um, uh, raises the, the cause of kids who take up arms in in the african countries so using surprise is not just about making money profiting does not mean making money it means you know profiting from a situation and some of that situation is you know it, it's a do good thing and some of the profit is just great work it, it does not say making money from the power of surprise although you you can and you will but that's not what this is all about
0: it's and, about doing and things it, great it's it's uh... And, and it's it's words to live by Um, you've been great I've enjoyed this. I would like to be reserve the right to, A, meet you, and, B, have you back on when we hear how things are going with it and how you um, develop and what your next uh, your next advantage is and what you're doing um, when you go forward.
1: I look forward to being back and uh, have more to say.
0: <laughs> Andy Nolman, the book, POW! with an exclamation point, right between the eyes, exclamation point, profiting from the power of surprise. Uh, Andy Nolman, guest here on McLaughlin at Work. Where do, you where do you me, buy it? god' the work. excuse me. Where do you buy it? You can buy. I bet. You, I bet this is available online. Uh, yeah,
1: on um, Amazon.com. My two favorite places. Obviously, Amazon.com is a huge one. But eight hundred CEO Reed. They've been so great to me. And I got to tell you, these guys, you know, bust their butts on a daily basis. Jack Covert. Super, super guy. They're all so great. They're the Schle- Aaron and Dylan Schleicher, they're great, great people, and they deserve business.
0: They were great, and that's why we've had them a couple of times on uh, McLaughlin at Work. Your audio guide to the workplace wouldn't be a surprise if we didn't have Andy Nolman on, and we're very grateful. Thanks, Andy. No, I thank you. Good stuff. Great message. Andy Nolman, the power of surprise. All here on McLaughlin at Work, your audio guide to the workplace. Paul McLaughlin, encouraging you to click through our... Good sponsors, the good folks at Classroom24-7. Learn about their web-enhanced methods for certification training. Better way to do it, classroom24-7.com. Thanks for being a good audience. Can't have a great show. Without a great audience, we're blessed with both. Andy Noman, Power of Surprise. Next week on McLaughlin at Work, another surprise. Bigger, better. Management, leadership, and employment in the workplace. Here to learn with you next week.